Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to this edition of Red Side of the Trent as Forest draw 1-1 versus Wolves after Brennan Johnson's 10th goal of the season, 8th in the Premier League, is cancelled out by a late Daniel Pedence goal, which is seen as a two points dropped uh, as Forest obviously draw 1-1, as I said, and stay 14th in the Premier League. I am joined as ever by Christian Bound, Lee Clark and Reese. Lane to go through everything that yesterday and preview the Leeds game. Uh, so we are going to start up with the lineup, Christian. Obviously, five changes made. Uh, Nico Williams and Harry Toffolo in at fullbacks for Serge Aurier, who picked up a knock in international break. Ren Lodi, who only just come back from having uh, his first child, obviously, with his fiance. So congratulations to them. And then Oral Mangala, Danilo, and Froiler returning to midfield in place of John I- uh, Andre Ayu. Sorry, I get them confused again. Uh, John Joe Shelby and Ryan Yates. How did that lineup make you feel? Obviously, I know Nico Williams gives you nightmares, uh, lives in your head rent-free, Christian. So take it away. How did you feel about that, uh, first and foremost? Wouldn't quite go that far. But um, no, I mean, to be fair to me, he was actually largely decent. I thought, I thought um, I'm sure we'll come on to the, the Wolves goal at some point. But aside from being brought in by a faint, by a good attacking player, I don't think he did anything too particularly atrocious. Um, I was pleased in the midfield. I think it was good to have Freuler back in. I was glad Shelby was dropped. And I was glad that we had mobile legs either side of him in Danilo and Mangala. And it brought so much balance back to that midfield. We looked so much better on the ball. We carried it better. We looked better. Freuler, I thought, played really well. And I know there are some like who just refuse to sort of acknowledge what he does or praise him in any way, shape or form. But I thought Freuler was really good yesterday. You know, led by example. And um, yeah, I've or other than that, I mean... The worrying to me, obviously, the fullback was the main area of concern on both sides, really. I mean, we spoke to um, like some of our friends walking up just um, on the concourse going up, and the, one of the quotes they said was, you know, it looks a bit championship, doesn't it, on both sides? And it's kind of right, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, you've got like, Williams before coming to Forest, like, played an average of half an hour a game at Liverpool. Most of his first team football came with Fulham, a team that no one really attacked. And you know, Harry Toffolo on the other side, who... You no, know, it was team of the year last year, but obviously that's this is the first time in the Premier League it did look very championship. But thankfully, you know, the way the defence moved, I mean, you know, near Carter and Felipe, I think I'm sure we'll come on to it as well, that they the way the nine moved over, they supported their fullbacks really, really well the whole game. I thought, you know, Pedence and uh, Pedence, sorry, um Nunez and Traore didn't really get a lot of joy down the flanks the whole time. So that was good to see. And yeah, obviously Dennis earned his right to start. And yeah, on the whole, I mean, obviously the fullback area side, I was a little bit concerned about that, but thankfully those fears weren't really confounded. Yeah. Lee, we're going to move into the early stages of the game. I thought uh, Wolves expectedly had a lot more possession of the ball, but really didn't do too much. I mean, I mean, they hit the crossbar early doors through a near Kate header kind of coming off himself. Uh, but the chances fell to us. I thought early doors, I thought Johnson and, and Dennis made good chances. What did, what did you make to the start of the game? Yeah, I think um, we've spoke before on this podcast about the, the fans and 
it being a two-way street when it comes to the fans staying behind the team. And I think in that sense, it was the perfect start from us, um, especially with all the reports that had come out on Friday evening, which I never understand how journalists leak these things um, before such big games. I, I don't know. Different matter altogether. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good start. It was a, a positive start. And it was certainly the start that um, I think Steve Cooper would have wanted. Obviously, he's not stupid. And I'm sure someone would have, I put those reports under his nose at some point on Friday night. So, yeah, it was a. We played on the front foot, which I've said for a long time. We we just we've just not done for, for ages. Even even when we were in that good form, we didn't always. We, we've kind of sat back and it teams on the counter. Whereas I think we, we actually set up to play on the front foot a little bit yesterday, which, obviously, we saw us reap the rewards because we scored and, and the fans did stick with the team. So that was uh, it. Was certainly a good start from our our point of view. Yeah, you kind of anchor into the next point. Obviously, Reese, we're going to talk about the goal. I don't really want to take anything away from you in, in your point on it. So let, let's let's get into it. Brennan Johnson's eighth goal of the season. Talk us through it. Yeah, some great build-up, wasn't it? Um, Gibbs White poked it through um, one of their midfielders' legs. And then Danilo does get a bit lucky. It kind of bobbles off. I think it was Ruben Neves, wasn't it? But then... You know, that scoop kind of ball, just like Lionel Messi-esque, he likes that scoop kind of ball, doesn't he? And it right over the defence, perfect. And then the finish is is brilliant. Um, I'm not going to take away anything from Johnson, but um, Jose Sarr comes out and then decides to go back, which I thought was a bit odd, because I think if he would have come, he might have just narrowed the angle down a little bit more. But he, he came and then went back, and that gave Johnson the chance to he had to kind of reset in that moment and Johnson brilliantly put it through his legs. It was a great finish. I'm going to take nothing away from Johnson. And it just, it just since ever since that world cup, he's just been producing them moments, especially at home. You know, this is Everton. He scored against now Leeds. He scored against at home. Um, the, Leicester. Leicester this year, you know, and you always fancy him to score at home, Brennan. Um, and, you know, just picks his moments so well. That one moment of quality can it can provide, and if it, you know he he's key. I think as we probably said on the last couple of podcasts, he's key to to our chance of staying in this league. If he was to get injured fully, I think it would be um, very 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 concerning because he's definitely our main goal threat. Um, but yeah, it was a great, a really good move, and it was yeah, brilliant finish. Going to take nothing away from him. Yeah, Joe, just to like put you on the spot, Joe, regardless of the division we're in next season, whether we're in the Premier League or the Championship, what, what value do you put on his head? We spoke about this, didn't we, a few pods ago. If you're in the Premier League, you can you can you know put your figure on a blank check, really. If you drop into the championship, then to be honest, I think I'm sure Brennan doesn't want to actively go, but for for the sake of his career, he'd, he'd want to play at the highest level. I couldn't imagine if he was to drop back into the championship, he'd be staying with Forest. I don't, I don't know. It, it's a tough one. I mean, again, on match today, we watched the highlights before we started recording this pod. You know, only Saka and Martinelli have scored more goals than in this season under twenty ones, and they're two players who are, you know, at top of the league at the minute. So it just goes to show the level he's provided. Um, after this side of the season, mm. I, I generally don't know what Forrest would ask for him if we was in the Premier League. It'd be numbers. Let's be honest, this club have never seen. I'll let Lee come in there. Was it not? Uh, I was just going to add. Was it not reported when uh, he signed the new contract that there was potentially a thirty million release clause if we got relegated? Yeah, I seen someone reply to me saying it was a twenty. Which, if it was, I mean, that's just if it's twenty million, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, e- even thirty million now, I think if we drop back into the championship, would be an absolute bargain for someone. And I think the big clubs queuing up to pay thirty million for him because what is it? What is it? Twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, you you've got he's got years ahead of him. He's got ten. Years probably at his peak ahead of him, and thirty million would be an absolute snip. If we're at this level, I generally couldn't tell. <laughs> you know the value. I mean, what would what would Anthony Gordon go for? Was it 40 50, 60, I think you'd be talking. You'd be talking plus sixty million easily. I think you generally I think, would I because think... the values are that crazy nowadays. It's it's. You have to laugh when I'm laughing when I'm saying this because we're talking about a player for Forest and we've been stuck in the championship for years and we're talking about selling one of his players for 60 million plus. It's crazy, but the values nowadays, they're mental. 
absolutely mental. Especially because of how important he is to us. But yeah. I think if we do stay in the division, he does stay with us because he, he's guaranteed the football and the progression with it. But let's move on. Obviously, we, we can still stick with the uh, the David Johnson, the Brennan Johnson uh, conversation, Christian, because the next incident, he is booked for diving. Um, your viewpoint on this? Because... It's a clear and obvious foul outside the box beforehand. How the referee doesn't play an advantage in in that respect, and then give us a, and bring it back for a free kick at least is beyond me. Yeah, I feel inclined to agree with that. Um, I think one of the reasons why my voice is so croaky at the minute is because of the abuse I was hurling after that incident <laughs> wasn't given. But um, nine, it's. I think to be honest, it's very similar to the Traoré one. We'll come on to that as well, I'm sure. But I didn't think either of penalties. Personally, I thought that Traoré goes down far too easily, and Johnson goes down far too easily for there as well. There isn't enough contact to warrant him going down that moment in time. But what you said is very true. He should have pulled it back for the foul outside the box. And admittedly, the crowd probably would have gone a bit nuts and like, you know, why, why is he not given a penalty sort of thing? But it's when you watch it back, it's very obvious why it wasn't given. Johnson just drops. There's no contact. And, you know, I know Richards pulled up on match of the day. There was a little, like, you know, touch on his foot. But it's not enough to him to go down like that. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, very, very bizarre that it wasn't an advantage given, um, really. Because there was no advantage. Ultimately, he was there. So, and again, very surprising that, you know, one get booked for simulation, but the other doesn't in very sort of similar-ish incidents. So, you know, it's quite cool. So me and Reese sort of some like sat pretty much very close to each other up at Bridgeford and he came up at half time and was like, you know, I can't believe that wasn't given. And I, from our viewpoint, it looked nailed on. Like it's a certainty, like it looked like he'd been clipped. But yeah, ultimately the referee made the right call in terms of not giving the, the pen. But again, very baffled by Totti's been allowed to grab hold of his shirt and try and swap it there and then and just, just got away with it. Yeah, it was, I was baffled. I mean, because I think if, if it's going to get brought back, VAR will step in and that and that's that's one of them. So I kind of just thought, how is it not, not a foul out of the area? But we're going to move on into the second half, Lee. A um, bit of a response from Wolves, obviously, which you, which was to be expected, but not very threatening, I, I thought. I thought it, it was it was interesting that they brought Jao Martino and Lamina off for, for Daniel Prudence and uh, Pablo Sarabia. Sarabia. Um, and obviously, we're going to talk about that Traore going down in the box, which then um, uh, sparked a bench brawl before even a player brawl, which I thought was uh, was was amazing. To be fair, but um, how do you think the official was? It was it Kavanagh that was a referee yesterday. How do how do you think him and his fourth official handled all that? And what 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 do you make of him not being consistent enough to give a yellow card then to Adama Traore for for a similar situation that he gave to Johnson or is it they think the contact isn't enough so it's just not a foul basically? God, there's some uh, questions to answer. To get through. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, I'll be I'll be slightly unpopular here. I actually I actually don't think Chris Kavanagh was as bad as some of our fans are making out yesterday. He was inconsistent, but let's not mix that up with being particularly bad. Um, I think largely he got... It's weird because he was inconsistent with some stuff, but then consistent with others. Um, he tried to let the game flow, which I will give him credit for because there's far too many at the top level that don't. They just like the sound of their own whistle. It's like they've been brought a new one. Um, so, yeah, in that sense, he was okay. I think with the benches, he dealt with that quite well. Um, it, it's never it, it, at any level of football when the benches start brawling, it's never easy to handle because you'll be, you'll always be damned if you do and damned if you don't. Um, people kind of say focus on the players on the pitch. What you what you issue in red cards for to people in the dugout is just so you can be seen in front of the director's box. It's not like that at all. It's just you you can't have an incident like that. If if you'd have left everyone in the dugout there, it would have happened three or four more times. We know what wolves are like. Uh, Steve Cooper said that after the game, didn't he? So. Yeah, he dealt with that he loves quite well. Moon, doesn't he? I think in terms of why didn't he show Traore a yellow card? Um, I don't know. Is the honest answer? I really don't know. I think if he's the simple answer is that Brennan Johnson's been cautioned for diving before. So when they have these meetings, they'll know that Johnson is a problem with when it comes to throwing himself on the floor in the box. Uh, so I think his um, reputation's gone before him there a little bit. My only thing is, and I'm not sure if VAR can do this, if VAR have clearly checked that incident, now if 
if they did, if was it Neil Swarbrick in VAR? I think, uh, especially yes, I think VAR, so. might I add, but, but I'm not getting involved in that. Um, I I don't really understand why if they if, if he's looking at that and thinking it's the same decision, I personally think he. I don't know if he can do this. That's what I'm saying. But why can't he say to the ref? Just bear in mind you did caution. It's not a penalty, but just bear in mind you did caution Johnson for something very similar in the first half. Then he can go back on the field and caution Traore as well. I just think we use VAR for all... There's far too many little grey areas with VAR. Is it clear and obvious? Can that be checked? Can certain other bits be checked? To me, he would have got a lot more praise, I think, for that whole incident if he'd have cautioned Traore as well, because then he had the perfect opportunity to say, well, the two incidents are very similar. So I've I've given the same sanction. So he did open himself up to some criticism for that. Um, but yeah, on the whole, I, it was one of those games again where so, some of our fans just seem hell bent on discussing the referee after every single game. He didn't have any input. On, he didn't have any input on that result yesterday. No, uh, I don't think he did. The bottom line, um, and I think for me, it was nice to actually see a ref. Again, this isn't me defending them because I am one. Because I get that on Twitter a lot. Oh, you are one, so you'll defend them. If you'd have been sat next to me yesterday, some of the stuff I was saying, you, I don't always defend them. There was certain stuff I was furious with, but I don't think he was that bad. Um, maybe a little bit inconsistent. It was his first game since the Mit- Mitrovic uh, incident, wasn't it? So that might have played into his thinking in the opening exchanges. Um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately I'm going to give him credit for for letting the game flow. Um, and really, we shouldn't really be talking about the ref. There's far, there's far more pressing concerns to be dissecting as football fans and forest fans. Oh, don't worry. We're um, gonna we're gonna get in, we're gonna we're gonna get into it next with with Reese. Do you want to just add anything on that, Reese, before I come on to you anyway? No, I think I think what the problem was for him was once he booked Johnson, it's just like Lee said, he's opened himself up. The, him Johnson's autoriores probably wasn't penalties, but they also wasn't bookings. And that's where fans get annoyed, that consistency element. The, there was one I said to Christian at half time after the Johnson one had he'd been booked. He booked Neves for like his first foul straight after because he, he kind of knew the crowd. He, he just pandered to the crowd and Neves were like, fucking hell, he wasn't even that even wanted even a yeller. So it was just a consistency element. I don't think either were bookings, to be honest. I, I, genuinely, I, I genuinely think he did that because, again, at any level of football, you want your first yellow card to be for something impactful. You never want it to be for dissent or simulation. And I think straight away he kind of thought, yeah, I need another yellow card pretty quickly here. And if it's for a Wolves player, even better. So when Neves went in, I think he thought he just saw that as his perfect opportunity. Again, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, I, yeah, little, I mean, little trick of the trade. I just, it was I just funny because it's, it's put Neves out for two games, hasn't it? Which is ideal for us, um, and obviously not ideal for Wolves. So yeah, so yeah. Right, so let's uh, get into the next bit. I mean, I've got loads to go through here, so I mean, I think you can all kind of chime in a little bit on the next couple of points, to be honest, but. Before the change in formation, Emmanuel Dennis, who I thought was actually very, very good until he gets to the final third here and there. The chance where he, where Morgan gives White plays an absolute, I mean, it's two passes that split Wolves apart. And I mean, and it was brilliant because it goes from, I think it's Froiler or, or Lardy, or, I can't remember who on that left side, gives it to Gibbs White outside the boot. He's straight in on goal. Gibbs White dashes 50 yards into the middle and, and and Dennis ignores him. How crucial was was that in the, in that point in the game? Um, I generally wouldn't have mind if Dennis had gone on on his own, but just without the chop back, he was clean past Dawson, who's not going to catch him. So if he would have gone at an angle as he was into the box, Saar would have probably made it come out, made himself big, and he would have tried to bend it by him in that instant. And if Saar would have saved it, I'd have probably been like, well, you know what, fair enough, because as a striker, you know, they are selfish. I've played as a striker. And in that instant, when you've ran 40 yards, you want to be that guy to finish it off. That's just how they are. But for him to just chop it back was, and then allow them to get players back was just silly. You know, it, 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 it really, he should, should play the pass. I mean, it, it, I know I've, I'm trying to trying to be a balanced argument here, but 
he's got if he's a team player there, he's got a patch just slide that across for Gibbs White. Gibbs White's running onto it. He would Gibbs White wouldn't have had to even if the pass was weighted correctly, he wouldn't have even had to broke stride. He would have just ran onto it, side footed it, and the power would have just been on with his stride. So and you just do you, know, do you know what? As soon as that happened, I was just like, they they'll equalise now because it was it's just so typical that we just wasted such a good chance. I mean, like we that. did deny we denied Morgan Gibbs White and had a Dubai all moment by running running back to, <laughs> to the yeah. Wolves supporters. But uh, this this next bit, and I mean, a few of you can chime in because I've got because I've had a bit of a debate on Twitter with a few fans about this because everyone thinks this is what cost us three points essentially. So it didn't. Wolves made two subs of bringing off Adama Traore, who I was gutted when he went off because he was their worst player by a country mile. Like Harry Toffolo had him in his pocket and then Ren and Loddy just didn't have to do anything too much to to uh, dispose of him. And then obviously Dawson, who was getting ripped apart, to be honest, by Emmanuel Dennis. Um, for Diego Costa and, and Bueno, uh, so we we kind of countered that and bought on Joe Worrell for Emmanuel Dennis and went um, back to our traditional 3-5-2 or however you want to call it. And uh, Danilo kind of occupied the central striker role, which I thought he was actually quite good at, surprisingly. Um, what was your feelings about that change at the time, I'll, I'll ask each of you. So, Reese, I'll start with you. What What was your feeling like based on that? Just on that substitution alone. Never mind what what comes afterwards. I'll disagree with one of your points. I was happy to see Toria go off, not because I didn't think he played well, but with a guy with that pace, when the game becomes stretched, if you clip one over the top, like a lot of teams do, clip one over the top of us, and he gets in, you you are concerned. You know, he got he got in obviously in behind Felipe the one time where. You know, it was a little tiny bit clumsy, not enough, I don't think, for a penalty. But when he got behind for you, he was like, oh, God, you know, he's just not going to get caught here. So I was kind of glad he did go off. Um, sorry, I'm trying to... The, the formation change. No, I don't think it costs us, no, because it was, to me, it was obvious why Cooper did it. They literally went all gung-ho second half. It was like, if you play FIFA, they was all out attack second half. It was so open at the back wall. So they'd obviously brought they brought Matinho and Lamina off. So that's kind of like I know Matinho was playing a bit more advanced, but Lamina was playing like as a CDM. And the, who did they bring on? Pedence and uh Sarabia. Yeah. So Sarabia's a bit like a sentiment and Pedence is more of a winger, isn't he? I just so obviously Cooper's force, as he said on the radio, was we solidified at the back, add another body in there to counteract Wolves putting another body up further up the pitch. And we and we break on the counter attack, which we did timeless times. Loads of times we did it and got in. And we was probably literally three on three with Gibbs right white running straight at him, three on two sometimes. And we the problem for us, we just didn't make it count, as we've just discussed with the Dennis one. That was the problem. I didn't think it invited any more pressure onto us. I mean, Wolves have had one shot on goal, which come from a deflection, which is deflected wide. And then Williams has, has gone to block it and it's even took a nick off him. And it was just so unlucky, that goal for me. But and it, but it just summed it up. When you don't take your chances, that's the unluckiness you get. But yeah. no, it, it, did, it, it didn't for me. It didn't, I, don't, I think that's just a, an easy, easy thing to say, really, because Wolves, like I said, they had one shot on goal yeah. all game. It wasn't. I don't think there was any extra pressure when we made that change. I just didn't. I thought Wolves were poor, and I'm just. I'm so disappointed we haven't beaten them because that yeah. was a game we should have won yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Christian. I think Wolves fans. I think largely. I think I've seen on Twitter would probably agree that they got away with it, especially when we had chances through Morgan Gibbs White either running into traffic, Danilo hit one just wide, Johnson smashed one across the box, and then Lottie followed in and and. Johnson, I think, followed in at some point. I mean, on one on one hand, how frustrating is it not to take at least one of those chances? But on the other, how pleasing is it to see us actually create so many chances in a game for a chance for once? Because I thought if we if we go on to win that game, that's probably our best performance of the season. Yeah, it's definitely the best we played in a long time, probably since the Leicester game, really. Um it's just, I actually completely agree with what Reese just said. I mean, there's so much bollocks that have been chatted saying that, oh, you know, it's cost us, it's been too defensive. I mean, there are a few things that can be, both things can be true in contrast. Like, Worrell coming on, Worrell wasn't good when he came on, particularly. I thought, like, he looked like he looked like a championship player. He looked like a clogger. Um, but he wasn't at fault for the goal or anything like that. He did, other than looking a bit out of his depth, he didn't do anything particularly bad. So, 
you know, that wasn't the reason why we lost. I mean, like I said, Wolves made two changes after time, as Rhys said. They swarmed us. We couldn't leave our own half. We changed the shape to sort of nullify that, and suddenly we get an effort on the counter. And, you know, we should have taken at least one of those goals. We could have been 3 up before um, before Pelence sort of does what he does. So that's frustrating. And yeah, I think this is it. Like, I saw someone say after the game that had this performance come earlier on in the season, like, let's say, September, October time, we'd have sort of left that thinking, you know what? That's where that sets us in good stead for what's to come, you know, because if we play like that consistently, we should be more than fine. And I do agree, like, you know, we put in that exact we mirror that performance every every game's been down in the season, we probably say up. I think I'll go as far as saying because we'll win more than we lose playing that way. The issue is it's come so late. And, you know, we we performances aren't gonna be enough at this moment in time. And it's true that you know, we've played much worse than that one this season. I think the Southampton away, for example, where we were terrible in that second half, but clung on for a win. And, you know, it's... And then you think you see games like today where, you know, we've had... Yesterday, sorry, where we absolutely, like, battered them in most parts of the pitch. We should have scored more than one goal and we may made to punish for it. But we've always said, you know, don't take your chances and this is, that's the risk you take. So, yeah, I mean, going the long way around to sort of answer the question... I do, it's, it's, it was pleasing performance, definitely, but it's got that's got to be the standard now for what's to come because you know we've shown that we have to take that performance level away as well. I mean, if we play like that at Leeds, I'm convinced we win personally, and you know I know that might be a bold statement, but the issue is that when it comes to Forest, psychologically away from home, they seem to just be shells themselves. So we we'll have to see how that transpires. I'm I'm just glad there's some positivity flowing around. <laughs> uh, Lee, we're gonna obviously we've got to just touch on. I know Reese already touched on on the Wolves equaliser, but that's that is a sucker punch and a half, isn't it? And I mean, especially from that little rat Pedence. I mean, I quite like him as a technical footballer, but he is a little bastard, isn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, anyone <laughs> who spits at another human being is an absolute knob. Um... I always used to say when I used to play, I'd rather someone two-footed me hip-high than spit at me. Um, yeah, he's an absolute tool, but it is what it is. It was one of those things, like, I can't really disagree with what uh, Reese and Christian have said in the sense of um, it was their only, I think it was their only shot, weren't it? Never mind shot on target. Well, certainly their only shot on target. Um, it, it's unfortunate when you're down there, when you're struggling for a win, you get those little, um, you get those little, well, a lack of rubber the green, if you like. So, I don't know. It's just like we said, it's just so frustrating that we've not beat them because that's probably. I mean, you look at Wolves' results in recent weeks; they they kind of really hit and miss anyway, aren't they? They beat Tottenham, then went and got battered by Leeds. So, yeah, it's frustrating. Um, I think just to briefly touch on the the system change. I mean, I kind of see both sides of the argument. I see why people wanted us to stick with how we were, but. Cooper would have been damned if he did and damned if he doesn't. I've said that three times already on this pod. I am really anxious about that. But he would have been. Because if he did not done anything and they just scored, he said, why didn't you change three at the back? And he he was proactive rather than reactive. And they've still scored anyway. So I do get the argument. I, I, I think it probably is a little bit lazy just to say the only reason we lost, uh, we didn't win is because of that change. Because I think the problem with... The, I get the people that... Aren't, weren't happy with it for the simple reason there was still 35 minutes left to play. Um, but at the same time, we created two really good chances to score um, and seal the, the victory whilst we had the system change. So, yeah, it's a difficult one, but ultimately I do kind of see where we're both uh, sit on that one. Yeah, I find it quite annoying where people are saying, oh, this is on Cooper when, I mean, he can't put the ball in the net for, for the players. Uh, I mean, I think a, another positive is that Tyrell Wunyi and, and Czech Kiate come back on and, and obviously are back in amongst the squad and I mean I feel like this is we've now other than Serge Aurier not being available maybe temporarily we've probably got our best available team to us now which is which is really good obviously for the running I mean it's 10 cup finals now but just a last point obviously on the game we just want to talk about the incident with Daniel Pedence and Brennan Johnson where did he spit? Did he not? Obviously, there was a, a bit of a gesture there. Just, just want everyone's viewpoint on this. Obviously, Lee, you touched on it uh, slightly in, in your last point. Um, so we may as well just start with you, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he should get banned, I think. I think you, I don't think you can actually see him spit. But, but I think how it's going to work now is that 
because it wasn't dealt with on the pitch or by VAR, um, I think each different party will have to kind of give some sort of evidence. Um, obviously, Johnson's saying in his post-match that uh, he felt spit on his face. So I think in that, you can clearly see he makes that motion to spit. I just think the reason VAR perhaps didn't advise a red card was because you can't actually physically see it. But whether it's, it doesn't matter how much spit, does it? He clearly motions as though he spat at him. And I think um, on that basis, he should uh, be sanctioned afterwards, to be honest. Reese, Christian, whichever one you want to jump in. Yeah, I, I totally agree, really. I can see why VAR um, hasn't sent him up because, you, unfortunately, you just can't see any spit leave his mouth. Um, he's gestured to do it a couple of times, which is absolutely fucking ridiculous from his part. And I agree with Lee again, just ban him for a game and he won't do it again. Um, you know, they've got to start setting these precedents, uh, precedents because, you know, like, We've just been talking off there, you know, Bruno Fernandes let him get away with it. And then the week after, Mitrovic is gobbing off in the referee's face. He's got a ban and then everybody's pissed off because there's no consistency and you can understand why. Um, so they've just got to nip it in the bud. You know, why is motion to spit at somebody, whether he has or he hasn't, it's just utterly ridiculous, to be honest. And like, like Lee said earlier about getting two-footed, it's just such a fucking dirty thing to do. It's a coward's thing to do, spitting at somebody, in my opinion. Mm. Christian, anything to add? I pretty much agree. I mean, I, I think that I think it's difficult. I can see why VAR didn't do anything because, like, as Ray said, is you can't really see any spit. But I think that, you know, as we said, like the intent's enough for me. I think I, if the, for the FA's investigation, I think the intent will be enough. And I'll say, okay, we can't throw the whole book at you because we can't fully prove it's inconclusive you've actually spat. But the fact you've gestured and gone through it not once but twice is more than enough for us to give you a, a something. Which you know, it's, it's just, it says a lot about their club. To be honest, well, I mean, like you saw, it, I think we talked touched upon it earlier. Ever since the has gone there, they've become like I mean, we see it every game at the ill discipline. Like it's not just for Forest matches either. Like you know, obviously we've all said like you know about how not embarrassed we are by the fact that Forest to keep complaining to, to PGML about the officials and that kind of thing. Obviously, I get they want to be on record and say that we're not happy with what we've got. Wolves have complained just as much as we have, if not more so. And like you can see it, like they can test every decision. The bench goes up and down, like it's nuts. Like it just seems like it actually gave me like Sheffield United in the playoff five from Heckingbottom, like if if not worse, I would say. Like yeah. they were like you know, and you know that's quite a low bar to be sinking down to, which you know you don't really sort of expect or see. But I mean, like if that's what they want to be like, and that's what they'll be like, that's fine. It'll come back to Horsham at some point in their life. It was, it was still gobbing off, wasn't it, at the end, and you can see on Match of the Back. Yeah, because he was Cooper, like, 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 sort of, Cooper like, just, just turns yeah. away, and he's still, like, fucking yeah. gobbing off. But it's like, you know, this is the bloke <laughs> that, you know, somehow got it wrong with Real Madrid. It's like, you know... You know, I just... So... Sometimes, I know Cooper's really my man, but I love him to turn around and go, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> like, <laughs> Warnock and, like, like, like Warnock yeah. and Santo. Yeah. I do think there is a difference between being passionate and being, being just... a cock. A, yeah, yeah, basically. But from, from my... From, like, a Wolves perspective... Daniel Pedentis doesn't even need to get involved in the incident anyway. Kiate's like kind of got his legs tangled with Diego Costa, I think it is, and he's kind of in the midst of like untangling himself and picking him up, kind of thing. There was well, no, it's how, like, Costa there was and, no like need yeah. for it. Costa and Kiate had like a, a weird sort of mutual level of sort of like acceptance. What happens? Like Costa yeah. went straight through the back of him, but Kiate just slammed <laughs> his foot upwards. And like you know, they both sort of get up and sort of pat each other down. It's like, all right, mate, no worries. Yeah, but like, just got like, to get involved. Comes storming in and like starts like gesturing to spit at someone. Like, <laughs> it's it's so petty, so so petty. But it's like as from a Wolves perspective, you're going, why are you getting involved? Just, just little man. Just get on the game, yeah, yeah. You can see the game out. You've got one minute left of game to play. Like you know, the more you stick around and get VAR involved, the more any time is going to be. Like if we'd scored in the 95th minute to equalise, that would have been because of Pedence because of the time that they took to check that. Mm. So, like, you know, it's just needless. Yes. Uh, we're going to get into some slept on it thoughts before we uh, get into some player performances and, and the Leeds preview. So, uh, Rob Neto, obviously friend of the pod, uh, haven't felt that deflated leaving the city ground in a long time. We played so much better today, but can't kill games off. I fear if or when we drop into that bottom three, we won't be getting back out of it. Dan White, yes, should have bagged all three points, but with players coming back and the way we played, and the, uh, I'm more positive than ever that we are staying up. 
Matt, first team choice works really well. Great to see some energy and put pressure on Wolves. Love Cooper, but wasn't sure about moving to a back three with a lot of time left to play, to be honest. Dennis was better. Needs to stick to the basics, though. Should have been 3-0. Simon Morgan, it was a big team performance. Lots of leaders on the pitch and one we can certainly build on for Tuesday night. We've got to be realistic, though. Realistic, though, the owners will do anything they can do to keep the club up. Tony Hughes, a good performance overall. Defence solid, especially Felipe and Niakate. Adding Royal was the right decision and shored us up even more. They just got lucky. Morgan Gibbs-White, absolutely class until it came to shooting. Sure, Dennis should have passed, but Morgan Gibbs-White would have missed anyway. <laughs> Not sure about that. Um, Reese's Emma, this is. Uh, go, got to be taking our chances, and sadly, we didn't have us had done nothing to do... Uh, had nothing to do for 90 minutes, but we still came away with only a point. Strange we surrounded the ref for the John O'Pen when the ball was still in play. A week of two aways is huge before two games against the big six. Johnny Ancliffe, best we've played for a few months. Team selection spot on going to a back five on one up, not so much. I reckon we'll have to win at least one away game now. Sam, play so well, don't score a second. Bring Joe Worrell on, question mark. Um, Alex, 10 more times we produce that kind of performance and we stay up. Grant Fellows, the starting 11 were excellent, much better all over the pitch and probably should have been two or three up. Tactical change to 5-3-2 was odd, lost the press and let them build more attacks and we got a lucky, absolute must win on Tuesday now. Martin Fretwell should have got should have won easily. Hope Steve Cooper goes for it in away games. Carl Booth, we played really well first half, deserved the lead, but we missed so many chances and got sucker punch. Philippe Man of the match by a mile. Guys class fought the change of shape to the five at the back, invited them on. Bill actually slept on it this time. Worried once the team was released, needn't be best performance in months. Uh Nico Williams, Harry Toffolo, Morgan Gibbs White, all excellent. Felipe man of the match, but Danello ran him close. Want to see that uh, midfield again on Tuesday. Morgan Gibbs White shines again without John Joe Shelby. Had enough chances to win. 17th is enough. Well, yeah, that is that is factually correct. Uh, Sorelia, Felipe was excellent. Can't believe how wrong I was about Dennis, but the best thing about them, uh, about them, Mid is, uh, mind as you can change it. Two points drops for me with that five at the back tactical change, but it was always the crowd was incredible. Great pod, guys. Oh, thank you very much. That's nice. Uh, Mitchell felt really low yesterday post-match and nearly accepted defeat. Woke up in a different mood. We had the better chances to win. Leeds are poor. We have a good record in recent years versus them, and I and they have big players missing. I fancy a big win on Tuesday. Change our fortunes. Uh, last but not least, Joe Pritchard. Really good performance, which was desperately needed. Felipe Dinello, Morgan Gibbs-White and Brennan Johnson. All very good, but we're very poor in front of goal. Dennis Lively, but fucking pass the ball, mate. We need to play like that every game. Pedence is a little wanker. I, someone batters him. Uh, thank you very much, as ever, for everyone getting in touch on Slept In It Thoughts. We still need a jingle if anyone's out there. Please provide us one for next season for sure. Um, I do want to ask you all, actually, before we get into some player performances, because I haven't actually included Felipe on it, on it this week, but um, I would like to ask you all a quick who's your man of the match or at least get a, an honourable mention. I'll start with you, Christian. Uh, Felipe's a man of the match by mile. Yeah. Lee? And the Akate would have been second and Gibbs White third. Lee? Um, I would... Um, I would probably give it Gibbs White just to be different to Christian, but Felipe was also very good. Yeah, Reese. Yeah, Felipe for me. I think as as I put on my Twitter, I generally think he must have added the ball about fifty times yesterday, and he just reads the game so well for me. Like it's just when crosses come in, he just knows the position to be where he doesn't have to fully extend. He just clears the ball sweetly. He can it just you can just see he just played at that. Bit of that extra level for me, Felipe. For me, it was, see it. for me, it was like it's really difficult for me. But I think I think Felipe just edges it. But I think I thought Danilo was was excellent. Say so he's not been he was in good, the team yeah, for a while. But yeah, Christian, did you anything to add? Did you um, all see when I think Felipe ushered the ball out and he sort of held him off, held off someone, and he started giving Lord Bridgeford, you know, the hands and stuff like that, and then. Well, rather than just pick the ball up and throw it to Navas, he picked the ball up and just headed the ball straight into the ground. <laughs> yes, yes, my mate said this to me. Back up to the pitch. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that. I, was like, I think um, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I think Mr. Simeone has definitely had that effect on him, hasn't he? Yeah, um, it's that, it's that. I'm not. I don't. Th- I don't think anyone's <laughs> needed that effect on him. He's like, 
I don't know. He's what he's like. He's a like you call it the hot crazy scale, but for blokes because everyone thinks he's quite a good looking bloke. But he's just absolutely nuts. It's just a very old school style defender where he literally just puts his head and his body in the way, and he will literally like, you know, he just head any, he just head anything, would he? He's the type of bloke mm. I could imagine like on a night out with like headbutt a wall or something. He is that video, isn't he? That, <laughs> that goal headbutt yeah. on the bus post, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But no, there was there was actually one thing he did. Going back to the referee very quickly, where. You know, a, a ball was clipped over from um, from Wolves left, and Felipe just went straight through Adama, like literally, like there was no intention to play the ball at all. He just absolutely bodied him, sent him flying, and the referee didn't get anything. I was like, "Fuck it out!" And then, like, he booked some like player for like, a much, much lesser offence. Literally seconds later, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, love him. I love him so much. I mean, I think, I think him, him alongside Niakate are so key to this running, and I it's think definitely our best pairing. I, I do hope, like, I, I really hope, obviously, that we we stay up and everything. But we do need a song where there's some sort of lyric included about him heading bricks because he definitely would. <laughs> I think he's um, challenging Mr. Zinkenagel, isn't he, as well, for last season? Best looking guy to ever play for Forest, it seems to be on Twitter, Definitely. reading people's. Um, I saw someone it. on Twitter that made me laugh, and uh, probably for all the wrong reasons, it made me laugh. He said, Felipe is so good defensively, but let's temper the love for him. He can't pass, he can't pass for shit. And like we we're not asking him to play in centre midfield and pass, just no. keep heading and kicking the ball. Yeah, that's what you know. Sometimes in fo- football is a simple game, isn't it? At times, sometimes you just have to do the fucking basics. You know what I mean? And he do- think, he does that really well. I think what I like about him with Niakate is often you saw Felipe get the ball and he just give it to Niakate because he knows he's the one who can pass, or he'd give it to Freuler. Do you know what I mean? Keep it simple. He's that's why he's played at the top. But yeah, I, th- I think Christian made. I think it was Christian made a good point earlier. I thought. Him and Niakati really helped Toffolo and Williams out yesterday. Yeah. Not in, no, and, and the, that's not, not a slight on Williams or Toffolo because to say the two lads haven't played much, I thought they were both decent yesterday. Um, but they were just they probably just knew that they needed their touch of wisdom, you know, and just some help at times. And I thought they offered that really well. It, it was just <clears throat> a commanding performance. It, it was a captain's performance from Felipe yesterday. I know Froyle was a captain, he was also very good, but that little armband, what you wear, you need several of them in your team. And it was just that type of performance to me yesterday. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese spelled R-E-I-S-S-N-F-F-C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Anyway, moving on. So player performances. I've 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 got each of you a player. Um some some obviously I've not mentioned Felipe on this, that's why I asked you about your man of the match. But Christian, we're gonna start with you. I, and I've gave you Danilo. I thought Danilo was great. I um I thought that you know he was really looked really, really good. I think like there was a few instances where I was sort of a bit like you know, when you sort of like you see someone getting a good position in front of a goal and you sort of wish it was someone else, but mm. sort of also equally admire how he got there in the first place. I felt Danilo had about three instances like that in the second half, all coming off this formation change, funny enough. Like, I felt that he could have taken one of those chances a lot better than he did. But other than that, I mean, his assist was glorious. He seemed to be very involved. He offered a lot of legs in midfield. He was covering a lot of grounds, I thought. You know, he was getting stuck in. He was looking, you know, he looked a very, very good player. Like, I know, obviously. You know, I see why he sort of like, you know, he might have been phasing slowly against United. So obviously, he looked brilliant. And then obviously against Leeds, he looked very ropey, to put it mildly. 
um, which is a bit expected. He's a young kid coming over to the best league in the world from a much well, a league that isn't as intense, put it that way, to be as respectful as I can be. Uh, so it's going to take him time to adapt. That's maybe why Cooper's been a bit hesitant on playing him. But no, he, I, I think that shirt's his to lose now. Um, and, you know, if John Joe Shelby's watching that, that's how you run a midfield. You don't have to drop 50 yards and snatch the ball off someone's toes, throw everything down and give the ball away with an audacious long ball. You can just keep things simple, keep things moving. I think his quick feet, you know, the way he was linking up with Gibbs White was glorious. Like they were like fizzing off each other, little flicks and all sorts. It was really good to see. And yeah, I, I thought he, like, that shirt's his to lose. And I would start him against uh, Leeds without a doubt. Hmm. Lee, Morgan Gibbs White obviously got man of the match and, and he got your man of the match. So I take it away. Yeah, incredible. Um, best word I can use for him. Um, I've just read a stat this morning that he created more chances than any other player in the Premier League, despite comically a Wolves fan saying we only gave him man of the match for a reaction. Interesting. Um, yeah, he was very good. Um, not as a slight on Morgan Gibbs-White, but I think maybe we should perhaps tell him that we're playing Wolves every week um, <laughs> because he really was that good yesterday. Uh, he was bang at it. Um, and to be honest... That is that is in jest. I mean, we clearly got more out of Morgan Gibbs-White yesterday because of the midfield that was behind him. Um, I think we saw... I'm not going to mention other players because I might steal Reese's thunder a little bit. But yeah, I think th- those three behind him were all uh, kind of productive in helping Gibbs-White enjoy the, the performance that he did. Um, so yeah, more of the same, please. I just I think his uh, international break where he scored and got an assist maybe gave him that confidence boost again, as well as obviously the occasion of playing against his old side where he's got a, a vendetta. It was great to see the the old Morgan Gibbs White come back in, I, I guess, in that sense. So let's hope we get that for the last ten games of the season. Reese, I've gave you Nico Williams because I actually thought <laughs> there is no slander for him this week, to be honest, and I feel like. When the player gets slandered on this pod, it is only right we gave them phrase when they play well, and I think he did. It's it's left to me into this run. I think it was it Dennis when he was getting absolutely hammered. Then I think yeah. got Chris Ward. Now it's on to Nico Williams. So just give me the player what gets the most stick every week. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought he did well yesterday, Nico. Um, he showed what. I probably saw in the first couple of games of the season going forward. He wasn't afraid to drive up that line, whereas. There's just so many times where he kind of stops 30, 35 yards out and tries and crosses it to nobody. Um, his final balls definitely got to improve. We did that short corner, didn't we, early on and it, <laughs> it, it, to him. And that should have gone into the box from the corner anyway because they were under a little bit of pressure then, first corner of the game, and it didn't beat the first man. But I thought he, I thought he did a lot better yesterday. Um, he's still a young lad. He, he's obviously got to work at his game. Um, the problem obviously um, for him is he, we need players who are Premier League level at the minute and you'd probably argue he's not quite there yet at the minute uh, especially with not with not playing you know he's, he's making cameos and that's no good to anybody is it? especially someone who's 21 is he um, the, I mean the goal the goal's just so I just feel that's so unlucky for us. You know, it, it, they shoot and it pings out wide, straight into Podence's path. And then, to be fair, you know, Nico's gone to try and, and he switched feet and he Podence. And then, even then, he's corrected it and dived in and it's literally took that nick. And Navas would have saved it. It was straight at Navas and it flicked it above Navas. If you if you watch it quite, um, slow it down. And Navas, you could even see, like, Navas saying... Which, and it was just so, that was just so frustrating. But I thought um, I thought he'd come come in yesterday and did a solid job for us. Um, I'm I'm guessing he'll probably play Tuesday. I doubt or he'll be back. I mean, personally, I'd play exactly the same team on Tuesday, apart from maybe if Lod is back. I know Cooper said he didn't get back in the country until five o'clock on Friday. So Christ, he must have been a bit jet lagged. Um, if he's back fit, I maybe would have st- stick him back in. But aside from that, um, yeah, I don't. I thought Nico did a decent job yesterday. Yeah, I've gave myself Oral Mangala, and we obviously said a few pods ago maybe that we weren't quite sure what type of player he was yesterday. But I thought he was 
Excellent. I thought like he played he played for Belgium obviously during the international break, made his first first appearance for him, and, and Belgian fans were absolutely lapping up saying how good he was alongside Kevin De Bruyne. So and I thought yesterday he really controlled midfield with Freuler and Danilo. I thought he, he got the ball out wide, he kept it simple, he did like the good things well. And and I think if if we can give Mangala a run of games, especially the last ten, then then we're going to benefit for it because he, we know he's got obvious quality. I think that was his first 90 minutes he's completed this season, which is astonishing, really, when you've got 10 games to go that now he's finally fit. But yeah, ho- hopefully the Mangala train will carry on into the last 10. And, as and we've else. said as well, it just the balance in the midfield was just right. I stay. You stuck Froiler back in the centre where he's been best at for us, despite what others say. And you give you put an energetic midfielder either side of him, and it works. And it worked yesterday. You know, Mangala was good, Danilo was good, Froiler was good. You just need that balance in midfield. And you know, I, I was one who championed John Joe Shelby coming into the team after that Fulham game. It hasn't worked with him, and he was rightly dropped yesterday. Um, and that midfield for me was a lot, a lot more balanced. Yeah, I, I hope it's the same on Tuesday. But we're going to get into the Leeds preview. I'm not going to ask you all for a prediction quite yet. I've got each of each a question there. So obviously we're recording this um, on a Saturday morning. So not all games have played. So obviously West Ham and Southampton play later today as, as we record this. Uh, Everton are playing Tottenham at home are the only two the only three teams that are left below us so uh, and obviously Bournemouth won yesterday Crystal Palace beat Leicester yesterday and obviously and then and Leeds lost and obviously going into the Leeds game uh, the positives for us is Max Vober, Tyler Adams and Will Willie Nonto are all out for Leeds so Christian how do we approach this one and obviously Reese's point about maybe Lodi coming in for Toffolo, but would you change anything? Would would a Wunny or Kiate come back in maybe or, or would you keep it the same? I'd keep it the same apart from Lodi coming in personally. Unless Aurier's fit, but I don't think he is going to be. So you know have to sit with Williams on that side. But I mean like as we've discussed on the base of things, he's largely kept it, I'd say. But um, it's got to be the same. It's got we've got to approach away games the same way we approach home games. We, we're at a time of the season now where we can't afford to be like uh, conservative or safety first. We have to offer some sort of fight or you know attacking intent. Otherwise, we're just going to go down without a whimper. So no, it has to start on Tuesday. I mean, as you said, Wobber. Well, I thought Wobber was really good at the City Ground actually. As you know, when we played them a few, it, were, it felt like about two months ago, didn't it? Now doesn't seem that long ago, but. Um, so that was our last win, wasn't it, Leeds? So, you know, so you know, Wobber's out, Gnonto's out, Adam's out. They're three post players at the city ground that day, all can't play. We won't get a better time to play Leeds. I don't care it's at Ellen Road. Like, I mean, everyone sort of says, like, it's, oh, you know, it's an intimidating place to go. Bollocks is it, they're shit. Like, there's a reason, <laughs> there's a reason they're down there with us. Like, like we've got to, we've got to go into, we've got to take confidence in what we played, how we played. We've got to apply that because if we do that, then we've got every chance of winning that game there. If we go there and, you know, it's safety first, then aside from losing, we'll probably have a new manager by the end of the game anyway. It's, mm. it's, it's probably at that point in the season now. So I don't want that to be the case at all. You know, as far as I'm, if, if you're up to me, then Cooper would have his job. You know, he's, he's been given an impossible situation. He's making the best out of it. And, you know, if we stay up, he absolutely, even if we don't, if we go down, really, the fight he's put in, he deserves to be the manager of year contention. Absolutely. Like, and also, if we do go down, what better, better, better pair of hands to give it to than someone who's been in the playoff three times in the championship? You know, it'd be absolutely insanity to sack him. However, we know what our owner's like, and I can definitely see him getting twitchy if we lose that game because we really will be staring down the barrel as we touched upon with the fixtures we've got to play. So we have to be proactive. We have to be, you know, start of intent in the front foot. If we do that, if we approach it in the right way, as we did yesterday, you know, we approached that game all positive intent and putting a really good performance, there's no reason why we can't win that game. Fair enough. Lee, obviously, you're the champion of worrying about our away form and I'm going to throw you under the bus here. You said that we probably won't win another game this season. So do you, do you, would you rather throw the kitchen sink on Tuesday night to beat a rival or would you be a bit more kind of let's let Leeds kind of come on to us and we counter attack? I'd, I'd certainly rather, uh, well, I'm going, so we'll probably fold like a, a big and M deck chair that's in the sale or something again. But um yeah, I'd rather us go gung-ho, throw caution to the wind in, in one of these away games. I, I, I mean, how many times are we going to play away and just fold? I mean, mm. come on. 
the pod so far today has been pretty positive. So <laughs> thanks, lads. You you're lifting my spirits a bit. So yeah, I th- I think listening to certainly to Christian and Reese, I think there is yesterday it means we're going into that game on the back of something you know positive. So that's that's good. Uh, but yeah, I definitely we need to play like that away. Um, and sadly, I've not been shown anything by this team that says that's going to happen. So. Like Christian just said, we not have a better time to play them with those three players that they're missing. That's they're three massive players for them. So, um, I mean, you look at our tires as well. If we beat Leeds on Tuesday night, all of a sudden we probably fall into that bracket of where pundits are not even considering us in the the mix, even though we've got Liverpool and Man United to play. It's, it really is one win could give you so much more to cling on to. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd, to answer your original question, I'd much rather us go with uh, the caution to the wind approach and go gung-ho. I mean, gung-ho is a little bit of a stretch. We're never going to go away and play gung-ho, but at least be positive and take the game to them like so many teams have done when they've come to our place. Um, so, yeah, let's let's hope for a, an improved performance on, on the road. I mean, to be fair, we, we probably will win another game this season, let's face it, because <laughs> as the season progresses... Teams are going to have little to play for. I mean, you look at the Brighton game. Brighton might not have a deal to play for then. Brentford away. Again, I stick by my statement that I don't think we'll win another away game this season. But Leeds certainly now becomes an interesting one with the players they've got out. So hopefully I'm wrong. Uh, but it's just that I've not been given anything in terms of an away performance all season to to suggest otherwise. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully Cooper can... Uh, Make a mockery of mockery of me with his performance. So. Uh, just, I just uh, the only reason I ask is because I think the six away games we've got, I think two of them are obviously against Liverpool and Chelsea. The other four are kind of those games where, if we're going to go for it, at least a bit of a positive. Leeds is definitely one of them. So yeah, let's you know, even Chelsea away in a minute, isn't that? Oh yeah, no, I mean yeah. <laughs> if it was half decent away from home, good yeah. Chelsea away, you think oh. Think we could get mm. some of it. Yeah. If Slavic Potter stays, they, 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 yeah. speak, they, such, they are the definition of in transition at the minute, Chelsea. Yeah. Well, so. I think he will stay, and but that that's a different discussion because what's the point in bringing him in if you're just going to fucking sack him after a few months? He's obviously a manager who's going to build over an X amount of time, but that, like I say, is a different discussion. Yeah, uh, Reese, for you, I've got a question about their supporters and and the pressure on on Leeds, especially as the home home team. How do you think they will be feeling? Do you think they they'll be confident, or do you think they'll be just as shitting it as all as the rest of us are? I'm sure they'll be nervous, but let's have it right from their point of view. They'll be putting three points next to that fixture on their fixture list. That's what their fans will think, and if they'll be the exact same as we was yesterday at home to Wolf, they'll expect three points. Um, and anything other than three points for them would be disappointing. Um, yeah, it's a good point what Lee made, how tight it was. I mean, there was a point yesterday where I think it was after an hour, we were 12. <laughs> this is before Palace. This is before Palace um, obviously scored late on, but we was literally 12. Cause Emma said, oh, look, can you look at the table? And I was like, oh, 12. I was like, we've gone up four places. So it just shows you how tight it really is down there. And one win, as you know, as Lee said, you can, you know, as Palace have shown yesterday, the, the, I think they've hit that 30-point mark. Now, aren't they? Um, and that one win, one win's so big at this point, and that's why yesterday as well it was another disappointment. We didn't get the three points. Um, I'm sure obviously Leeds' crowds will be be behind them. I've never ever been to any ground this season felt intimidated. I just don't think English football atmosphere is intimidating personally. Um, I just don't think it is. Um, uh, but you know that's my opinion. I'm sure they'll be behind, the crowd will be behind them singing, you know, marching on together like they do, etc. But we've got to go there and like Christian said, you can't have any fear going there. Um, We've got to go there and get a result. And to be honest, with how how bad as a waveform's been, you'd probably think, oh, point would be not bad. But we need to go there and win, really, because you've dropped two points yesterday. You've dropped two points against Everton at home where everyone's gone down the fixture list and wrote three next to them three next to that one and that's four points you drop from your home games you know you'd probably set a point against Newcastle that's five point at West Ham that's six and these are in the last 
half a dozen games, and which is that's why we're back in this mess, really, because we've not the home games what everybody expected to win. We haven't won. So mm. you like um, I mentioned off air, you know, Brian Laws said on Radio Nottingham yesterday, uh, or Steve Hodge, whoever watched one of the two, it was they've got to start turning this away for man because if they don't, then you know the sad reality of it is they're very much likely be heading back to the championship because you you know you look at them four home games remaining you know Manchester United did the right job on us in the cup Brighton are a very good side I know Lee said they won't might not have something to play for by them but I, I generally think they will be because it's that tight you then got Arsenal coming towards the end of the season who might need to win to be champions and then the other one is Southampton who again is one you look at and think oh three points that one but they picked some results up under uh, Ruben Sellers when you didn't expect them to you know as at Bournemouth now as well you know they won again yesterday so it's so bloody tight and it's it's just it's going to go down to the final day I think whatever happens for any if it's not for us it'll be for somebody else because it's just so tight but we we've got to go to Leeds and get a result really we do need to win in my opinion yeah we're going to go around the obviously the room now and get everyone's score prediction. So, Christian, I'll start with you. Uh, was it Lee last season who said there's the easy way, the hard way, and the forest way? I believe so. Uh, I think we're sort of coming to that sort of phase again, aren't we, this season? Uh, for what it's worth, I think we're going to win. I'm, I'm, I had a lie, I think we're going to win. I think that I saw enough yesterday to suggest that if we repeat that performance, there's enough there to win the game. Like, um, I think it'll be very similar. We'll give Leeds a lot of possession, they won't really know what to do with it. And we'll find the way to hit him on the counter. I think, um, obviously, there are a few other subplots. Like Bamford will want to prove a point against us. Obviously, I know he's very disappointed of how things were handled with the home game. But, you know, they're missing their three best players. We've got players coming back. We've just come off the back of a good performance. Okay, we haven't won the game. But, you know, I think it's there. You know, we got. We might even start... You know, think- we're having positive discussion now. Do we start Tywo? Do we start Ren and Loddy? Do we start Kuyase in the midfield? Like, is Aurier fit? You know, we've got all these discussions. These are all like big positives for Forest. You know, we've got a lot of players coming back. It's not like we're stuck with someone who is clearly like out of the depth or anything like that. And we're sort of saying, like, oh, shit, how are they going to get us out of the trouble? So, you know, I think, yeah, I'm going to be bold and say we can win. Um, I'm going to go for 2 0. I'm going to be bold and say 2 0, which is, I think, probably about 10% of our goals this season too, something like that, or not far off it. So, but um, yeah, I'm going to say 2 no Forest. Matt Derbyshire double. Thank you. <laughs> Lee? Um, oh, I love the optimism, Christian. I really do. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be a draw. I'm going to go for a draw. Um, I don't know. I, I think Leeds will recognise the magnitude of the game as well. Like I've said, it, it's not just us that will see it as one win and you can really jump up. Um, they will as well, and they'll see it as a massive opportunity for them. Um, yeah, I think I think we will improve. I think it'll be an improved performance, and I think we might take the lead, but I think it's going to be one all. All right, Reese. Yeah, I think what worries me is um, I do agree with Christian. It, it, it probably isn't a better time to play them, but then I look at the, the two instances I can think off the top of my head where we've had that this season. That was Leicester and West Ham, and we've been absolutely tanked in both um, I'm hoping it doesn't go like that again because that would be an absolute disaster but I don't I don't I really don't know but I'm, I'm it's been so tough you, you know some people will see it as you're lucky to go away and you are because of the man but it has been mentally tough this season going away at times because we have been so poor so I am I'm going to be positive because you know I'm heading to the game again and I'm going to say we win at 1-0 because I just it's just literally that fucking hope that kills you isn't it <laughs> um, I, I am I am looking forward to I did say that to you in the chat because it has given me some hope yesterday with how we played you know if the performance was a bit abject yesterday you'd be like oh fucking hell you know but I kind of like this quick championship style turnaround that we can kind of build on a good performance free days ago and we, and we can kind of think you know stop feeling sorry for ourselves a little bit and actually go out and prove a point so I'm hoping you know we do that like Lee said we're not going to fucking go to Lee's are we could gunk her and just leave herself ridiculously open really like Wolves did second half yesterday 
Um, but you're going to have to be a point where you're going to have to soak up a bit of pressure. But um, and probably you'd expect Leeds to have more of the ball. But we've just got to do what we didn't do yesterday, which is on the the counter attack with the pace we've got in the team and produce. Um, and I'm, I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping we can do that because we just really do need a win. The 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 hope I am hoping for as well is. There was the Brentford Palace double combo, wasn't it? Where we was kind of like we needed four points, and everyone was like, everyone kind of expected us to beat Brentford and maybe draw against Palace, and then we played pretty well against Brentford and drew, and everyone was a bit down in the dumps again, and and then we, you know, turned it around against Palace, won the game, tight game, and then we went on that really good run, pretty much. So, fingers crossed we can do something like that because we we bloody well do need it. Well. That's the way game I went to. We won one nil at Southampton. So it's yeah, to that again. So. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, so, I mean, Emma's not going, and their record when we don't go together is I think we've won every bloody game pretty much. So well, there we go. All the stars <laughs> so, are all the aligning. stars are aligned. Yeah. So yeah, obviously lucky enough to to have got a ticket. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling positive. I think it's it's going to be a good one. It's always is a good atmosphere and a, and a tight game between ourselves and Leeds and and that I think. The the object is for us is first and foremost is quieting their crowd and really get them like on their team's backs really and I think we can take advantage of that and obviously on the counter I think we can we can really hurt them and and without Wilfred Nonto in their side I think there's not there there is obviously threats I mean Somerville and and Rodrigo are, are good players as well and uh, Jack Harrison but I think we've got more than enough to to beat Leeds and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one nil. Forest, I think we'll nick it through probably Brendan Johnson more than likely. So, yeah, so that's all that we've got time for on this episode of Red Side of the Trent. We'll probably be back on Wednesday to record uh, the the Leeds review and and a, and a Villa preview. So if if you're heading to the game, obviously say hello to me, Reese or Lee. I don't know if you're going, Christian. I don't think you are because it's a midweeker from London for you. So that'd be difficult, but. We'll see you there. Hopefully coming back with a positive three points. Come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling... um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.